Can I follow up on just – I don't want to get too off kilter here in the final hour. We're at Caven's Group on a Thursday. Cavensgroup.com on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. They are in the emergency remediation business. So they're the first call when the fire truck arrives or leaves. They're the first call when the pipes break, when the building floods, when you see mold growth. The second call when a vehicle hits your building, hey now. But emergency services, 24-7, 365. Store that number, 405-573-3048. Roofing repairs, replacement, and free inspections. I, we, we got a text from my buddy Travis, and you hear Travis on the on Locked In and on The Rush on Friday. Is he back on Fridays now? Oh gosh. What's what's Ted what's Teddy Stern's schedule now? Is it Fridays? <laughs> off I don't, now I don't know what Theodore Stern's schedule is. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm envious of it. No oh, by the way, did you see Stern's in trouble again? Because they found resurfaced interviews and they put that compilation I just, together. I, I, it, Toby said that Toby Rowland brought up one of the best things ever because Stern's lost a lot of his core listeners with how he's treated COVID and how he's acted about it. And Toby called and said the guy's reaction to COVID is really what got people mad? Did they not listen to it for 20 years? <laughs> now all the people that he's embraced are listening to his old shows and going, what, 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 what is this? Well, <laughs> this, is, this will upset some of maybe the, the younger audience, but... Go ahead. I really... The blackface incident obviously has has aged horribly. Terrible. It was a Terrible. bad skit. Yep. It was it was probably bad at that time, but it's it's horrible now. But the rest of this, the way that he talked with guests, like that was Howard Stern. The guests, <laughs> that's, that's what made him great. The guests knew that going in. They signed up for it. So to to put all of those together and make him out to be this big misogynist, it's just it's you can't retroactively do that. I don't think. Well, and here's here's something as someone who still listens to his show. You can still do it today. You can still do it today. You can go listen to some clips from the last few weeks. It's not like that part's changed at all. That's still kind of a regular part of his show. Of all the things that have changed, that hasn't. But anyway. Um, which uh, how- which that, that maybe probably should change now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, of all the things that haven't really changed, that's one. 30 but years anyway. ago, 35 years ago, that wasn't, uh, wasn't all that weird. Now it's, yeah, no, maybe no. a little weird. So anyway, I don't know how we got there from talking about Travis's schedule, but we were bringing up the Alabama seating. And a final thought on the contract, just because I feel like the games are here, I don't really care too much, but Travis had said, let me make sure I find this, I'm in the minority, but I wouldn't punish the tie for how an injury may not affect their future play. Seating can't be based on speculation, has to be based on actual play. Okay, here's where I would push back and say I could not disagree more. They are a one-pitcher team. One. If Montana Fouts isn't on that team, they're not hosting a regional right now. This isn't a team that you can go back in Alabama and say, well, look how they've scored all these runs, and look how their secondary pitchers have done. Um, Montana Fouts is sixth in the country, in innings pitched, sixth, you combine the other two pitchers on their roster. They don't have the number of innings that she's pitched. She's number 23 in the country in ERA. The other two pitchers don't even have enough innings combined 
Well, combined they might. But they don't have enough innings individually to even qualify for the ERA conversation. So if if she's even 70%, and by the way, Montana Fouts has not consistently been good this year. So you take her out of the rotation, or even if she's limited to the most minimal degree possible, that's that whole team. That's the whole team. They're putting the, and it's old school. Listen to all the guests we've had on. Listen to the Tara Henrys, the people that cover it 24-7, 365. Listen to the Eric Lopez's, the people that cover it 24-7, 365. It is a team that's doing it an old school way. And Oklahoma won a national title, writing Paige Parker in 2016. But what did Patty Gasso say? I'm not ever doing that again. Alabama lost its number two starter, Lexi Kilfoyle, to Oklahoma State in the offseason and decided to go with youth instead of filling in in the transfer portal, and it hasn't worked. So that's where I would push back and say this is unique. This is Kenyon Martin going down for Cincinnati. And you have to say they're just not the same team. It's not. You know, this is OU lost Jordy Ball last year before the, the, the postseason. Even without Jordy Ball, they had two pitchers who had had postseason success. And even though they hadn't thrown a ton of innings, they were, you know, in conversations for being some of the better pitchers in the country. Josh, Alabama doesn't have that. So, number one, it's they're not really the fifth best team in college softball. They're barely the fifth best team in their conference. And number two, do you even have a, you know, 80% Montana Fouts, 70% Montana Fouts, it makes a major difference in who they are and what they are as a team. So I, I absolutely positively believe that whenever your best player, when you don't have any depth, goes down, and your coach has even come out and said, oh, yeah, she's the face, she's it, she's everything, I think that has to play a factor in seeding. Now, the good news for Alabama fans you guys won the conversation. Travis, you win the fight because the selection committee basically said, yeah, no, it doesn't matter to us. So you're right. I push back, Josh. I say I think in this instance, and I think in specialized instances, it should affect it because that's the most important player on the team. Well, let's – and this is comparing sports here, but it's all about should it be a part of the criteria when you're judging a team or not. If, say, Oklahoma won the Big 12 championship this year mm-hmm. – but uh, Dylan Gabriel gets hurt in the game, and you got one loss, and there's a debate with another team. Should Oklahoma still go, or or should the should the playoff selection committee say, you know what, it's not the same Oklahoma now? Exactly. It's tough to say, but you're also talking about four versus sixty-three, and I understand what you're getting at. But I think in those instances, you know, you could say, oh, we're not even. Eh, that's apples and oranges yeah but you're at least having a conversation in the fruit aisle no pun intended it's just you're literally okay i see what you're saying i think in this instance you might get pushed aside because you're not as good without your quarterback especially if you're tight with another team josh well and i just think it's a fascinating conversation because it can be as black and white here's the data points as you want to get or you bring in that because you've got human elements with the committees making human decisions. 
And injuries, I think, on some level, yes, have to factor in when you're talking about postseason seeding, et cetera, et cetera. So any sport, whether that's uh, the college football playoff, which, of course, is going to expand and you'll have less to worry about there, the, the men's and women's basketball tournaments this year. I mean, Alabama right now, without fouts, they're not – they probably weren't anyways, but they're not the fifth-best team. Let me give you – here's a good example for you. I'll give, let, me, let me give you a good comparison on this. Um, USC beats Utah in the Pac-12 championship game, right? Um, and let's just go ahead for argument's sake, and let's say let's say TCU pulls it out over Kansas State. So you have two teams with incredibly similar resumes, but Caleb Williams tears his ACL in that game against Utah. That injury doesn't matter. That shouldn't affect the way that you see the team. That shouldn't be a – I mean, that shouldn't take part in that conversation about who's truly more deserving. I, I think it should, Well, right? And let's say let's say that they they lost the same way to Kansas State because I believe that was that was their first loss, right? Uh, okay, let's say – okay, that's, that's even fair because it would be a, an undefeated team versus a one-loss team. Though, though, you could fight and say – USC avenged its only loss in one, right. right? Okay, let's just do it from that sake. TCU still loses to Kansas State. USC beats Utah, but Caleb Williams tears his ACL. And, and you know that he's not playing in the playoffs. Right. Should that factor into the conversation? Or what if they play the game where everyone watches it and you're like, yeah, dude just broke his leg. But Lincoln comes out and goes, um, I think there's a chance he can play. Well, maybe. It has to. It has to. It would have to. And the interesting thing would be the committee itself, would they tell you what you and I and everybody else knows that it did factor in? Or would they sit there and say, oh, we're looking at overall body of work? Right, right. I just – here's the thing. There's not a one-size-fits-all with these conversations. And I feel like so many times in sports we get caught up in a, well, this is how it once was, so this is how it would always be, or I remember when this happened, so they can't do this. you got to be adaptable. You know, you just can't say, well, you guys still put this team here whenever so-and-so was hurt. They were a deeper team. Maybe they felt like they were better from top to bottom, and that loss didn't affect them as much as, say, this type of loss would. That's just my point. This is a unique situation. And Alabama has made no bones about it. They go as Montana Fouts goes. <laughs> you know, the, the game they played against, too, was at Tennessee in the semifinals. That was about as good as they've been offensively all season long. So I, I feel like it's becoming a tired conversation because guess what? It's Wednesday. Or it's Thursday. The game starts tomorrow. We'll see how this all plays out. Uh, maybe Alabama goes on a roll. Fouts is back by the Super Regionals, and they're okay. Or maybe they're two and Q or three and out. So at this point, Josh, there's, you know, guys and gals who have done this for many, many years. I mean, Eric Lopez came on the show yesterday and said, I've never seen anything like this. And I think that should matter for something beyond just an injury, more so in how they looked at the whole body of work. Fair enough? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Um, did we just basically kill the whole first segment on this? <laughs> we did, yeah. So do All we right. want to take a T.O. and come back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's take a timeout. Let's take a timeout. When we come back, let's hit the top five stories of the day. As always, it's brought to you by Newcastle Casino. We'll hit it right on the break next as we're at Cavens on a Thursday on the ref.
Whenever you talk to us in queue during commercial breaks, can you hear anything that I'm saying while you're talking to me? No. Okay. <laughs> I thought so. Because <laughs> I was sitting there saying something to DJ, and it was just like, I was like, oh, I guess he can't hear me. No. When, uh, yeah, as soon as we turn this mic on back here, <laughs> we can't hear we can't hear what you're saying back. TJ, if Steelman can't take this piece of equipment with him home today and use it tomorrow, I have no problem coming by the station in the morning. Makes it easier. Today is the girls' last day of school, Josh Helmer. So it just means that I'll get up a little bit earlier. I'll drive 20 minutes out of the way to go get the equipment for a remote that's five minutes away from my house. No, but in all seriousness, it, it's fine. I'll just oh, come get the man. equipment. Summer dad is here. Summer dad's here. Uh, fitness dad this summer. Watch out. I'm a, I'm a walking, running machine. It started yesterday. We'll see how it goes. That's one day down. Let's there see how go. long it nice, can last. Nice, man. So how, how much uh, did you run? My whole neighborhood is a two-mile loop, so I just uh, that's what I do. Okay, wow. Two mile. How did you hold up? Physically, you feel all right? Not good. Not good. I'm, I went to bed. At, we had an event. Oh, by the way, shout out to um, First Baptist Church of Washington. We had our end of the year block party. It was really cool. Had a dunk tank. When's the last time you've been around a dunk tank, Josh Helmer? I, I cannot think of an event. Exactly. Recently that had one. Um, over under, what would you consider knowing how much I love hot dogs? Too many hot dogs to eat. Over under, because let's just put the over under at three and a half. Well, I think if prefacing it in that fashion, I'm guessing right. you've gone over. I, I ate four hot dogs last night. I'm just looking for some assurance, and I'm going to be okay. There was a two mile walk though that came before it. So, yeah. So you're walking. You're jogging. So good. Those hot dogs are so good. But, yeah, fun night last night. Summer is, a, is here in the Plank household. We've had three days of award ceremonies that, we, that we've gone to. The final one is today, and then boom, boom, summer is here. Let's go. All right, listen, we owe you the top five stories of the day. Let's get after it. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. I, I just, real quick, I just want to counter this because the 405 said, seeding teams by player injury screws everyone else on the team. Why should it be only on one guy's shoulders? You should seed by the season as a whole. Again, I just, what would your answer then be? Both TCU loses, USC wins. Caleb Williams tears his ACL. You're still taking Caleb Williams and USC to play in the 14 playoff? It does ride sometimes on one gal or one guy's shoulders. And in the case of Alabama, this is the most important pitcher on their staff. So that's just that's why I stand on it. Listen, it might be Patrick Murphy laughing all the way to the bank whenever – Alabama's playing in the World Series, right? But I just I don't think that's going to be the case. Speaking of that, time for the top five stories today. Let's get after it. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino, newcastlecasino.com. Big story number five. Number five. Number five. PGA Championship, Josh Helmer. I have this thing on here called Maddie and the Caddy. And, again, 
Someone gave Michael Collins the advice to shave his beard, which I'm still shook by. But it looks like a familiar name, Keegan Bradley, atop the leaderboard. And it looks like the scoring is pretty impressive so far. Yeah, some folks out there making some uh, making some numbers. Keegan Bradley. Now, his one major championship, I believe, was a PGA championship. Is that correct? Dude, you host the Gimme Zone. I play golf on weekends. I think this <laughs> I is mean, something. Come on. You're supposed to be an expert as well. <laughs> um, um, let's see here. Keegan Bradley, major championship. Keegan Bradley, 36 years old. Uh, 2011 PGA championship. That's right. Correct. He also tied for 22nd in the 2015 Masters, in case you were wondering. Yes, and uh, tied fourth, 2014 U.S. Open, tied 15th Open Championship. Not somebody that typically, uh, I mean, he's won one, and he's won uh, elsewhere on the tour. Five PGA Tour wins, but this is not somebody that uh, historically is always in contention. So a little bit different name up there. All right, so PGA Championship leaderboard right now. Keegan Bradley has the lead at three under. Um, who is that? The um, Higa? Higa? At three under? Kazuki Higa, uh, Japanese Higa. golfer, not super familiar, um, but uh, obviously playing well to start. I have no idea who is tied with Connors and Fox. Thigala? I have never heard of Sahith Thigala. Sahith Thigala. And? impressive should i know who he is i think we should play this game on the golf leaderboard josh should i know who this guy is and i basically reel off everyone in the top five outside of keegan bradley well that's what the pga championship is like right and now usually the first like five hours of a major championship half of those names it's no you probably shouldn't know that okay so let me give you the top five then kazuki higa at three under keegan bradley at three under Ryan Fox at two under, Sahith Aguila at two under, and someone named Corey Connors at two under. Thankfully, there's Colin Morikawa, Justin Thomas, and Scotty Scheffler, Victor Hovland, uh, Cam Smith, and others at one under right now. So the, the names you know are knocking on the door right now, the top five, Josh. And they'll be there by day's end. Rom okay. and Smith uh, are both one under par right now. Hovland, uh, I think you mentioned Thomas, Morikawa, Scheffler. I mean, there's a bunch of names that are two two strokes off the lead. All right, um, big story, number four. Number four. Boy, what a solid comeback for the Oklahoma Sooner golf team yesterday after, I mean, being pretty much in control for a minute. Things kind of started to leak oil just a little bit. But when all was said and done in the Norman Regional, the OU men's golf team is moving on once again to the NCAA championship. Afterwards, Sooner head golf coach Ryan Hibble met with the media and talked about the way this team was able to persevere and rally and secure the bid to the big dance. You know, we got off to such a perfect start. The weather was absolutely dialed in this morning. Jimmy was playing about as easy as you could get it because the greens are perfect. They're soft. Um, I mean, it's in great shape. And, and we got off to a, a perfect start. And then all of a sudden, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 in there, we just looked like we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> and uh, I happened to be kind of right in the middle of it. And I was watching, you know, over here on these holes, you can kind of see everything. And uh, I'm sitting there just watching this go down I'm like we are literally withering away in front of my eyes and 
and uh, just really thankful for the dig in and the, and the grittiness of our guys. Just stick to it, stick to itness, and, and what it means to, to finish off a round, no matter you know how bad things are going. Patrick Welch finishing, you know, a couple under his last five holes, and Jay Summy, uh, you know, birdieing his last hole, and uh, you know, obviously Drew getting getting the last hole as well. I mean, it's just. It's it's always impressive to me whenever we can do that, and uh, just thankful for our group of guys. There you go, there you go. So back to the big dance for the Sooners. The uh, co-host of the Gimme Zone, Josh Helmer. How you feeling about Oklahoma's chances now moving on to the national championships? Oh, I mean, I think they got a great chance to advance to the match play portion, like they've done uh, however many years in a row. Scottsdale, Arizona. Greyhawk Golf Club, May 20. Whoa, is that earlier this year? 26 or the 31st? So literally, we're in eight days. We're rolling. We're rolling. And uh, let's see, when the when is the Golf Channel going to pick up coverage of it? The, uh, the Golf Channel will pick up coverage on the 19th. So they'll pick up the stroke and individual play. And they'll carry it with a, spro- a stroke and team play 19th to the 22nd. I don't have times yet on this, but there you go. Oh, Josh, nothing better than a little college golf on TV. Wish we could get more of it. All right, um, anything else to add on OU Golf and the golf world now that we've spent five and four on it? Can't wait to see them at Greyhawk again. It's, I mean, it's kind of an annual tradition now to watch them try and go track down a national championship. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Big story number three. Number three. All right. So moments ago, Patty Gass, I think Tiari Jennings was with her as well. They wrapped up a little session with the media. Let's let's see what we learned from Coach Gasso here today. I haven't even had a chance to listen to this. I hope the audio is okay, but here we go. Different kind of freedom. I think the injury was really devastating for her. Her whole life she's been waiting for. You know what? Let's go back here because I think this is pretty good. I don't know why that started there. But, Coach, it sounds like she was asked about Jordy Ball. First about Jordy. I just yep. asked Tiara sort of about this, you know, uh, as she's come into year two after such a good freshman year. What's been most impressive to you about the way that she's performed over the course of this year? She's got a different kind of freedom. I think the injury was really devastating for her. Her whole life, she's been waiting for that big moment. She wasn't present. Not really. It hurt her, and she felt that because of that, she hurt the team. And we wanted to show her, I mean, it's out of your control. And we just kind of played free and and tried to do it for her. And I think one of the best moments of the season to me was seeing her, although she was maybe 40% pitching in the national championship game and that was one to reward her if she wanted it and to um, give her the experience of being on the mound was important so um, now i just feel like she's over that she's free and she's enjoying it and she's helping us in other ways she uh, was running bases in the national in the uh, big 12 championship game really well uh, had a hit had a hit run on she executed it really well uh, so she's just um a, a lot more mature and a lot more relaxed and a lot more unhittable we had the uh, note from 
her relief appearances. She has in a lot of run and relief all season long. So oh, you getting set for Hofstra tomorrow. I I know Connor and I joked about it a lot yesterday, Josh. There hasn't been any weather updates, as I've told you guys many times on this year very radio program. I'll be the last person to know, but I'll make sure to tell you if there's any weather adjustments that are made based on the projection of rain tomorrow. Last I saw it looked like the rain would move out by noon tomorrow, but fingers crossed we'll see how that plays out. Uh, I got more JT, but I figured we'll save it till after the, the bottom of the hour. Anything else on softball you want to hit? Uh, not necessarily. Okay. Big story number two. Number two. All right, last night the Miami Heat came back and got it done against the Boston Celtics. Left on the shot clock. He elevates for three. Leaned in and bounced up and in. Jimmy Butler has lost his mind. 34 points, two of four from the land of milk and honey. Well, hold on. Where is Coach Casso coming from? I closed that. Coach? It won't stop. It won't close. Coach. All right, there we go. I closed that thing like five times. My goodness. Oh, man. You and the MacBook. I'm going to throw this thing. I hate this thing. It's the greatest gift that's ever been given to me, but the worst. I, I, it's the only thing on the planet where everything you've ever been taught to do with a with a laptop or a computer is completely the opposite. Completely the opposite. Here was the final call. Oh, they're unhappy. Gang Green already given the booze after game one, and this one belongs to the Heat. 123-116. Um, by the way, I just I didn't have to laugh at these last two texts. Mike from Ardmore um, writes, no volume on the coach. Yeah, no S, Mike. We're sitting here fighting it and bringing it to you. You're the same person that would probably leave me like a two-star review because you can't hear an interview where I'm like, hey, heads up, the audio is going to be down on this. So just you know, give it a little bit. I don't know why we can't figure out the audio on the interviews with coach, but – I'll work to make it better just for you, Mike from Ardmore. And then there was Be this. Be nice to Mike. Be nice to Mike. If you uh, send those interviews to me, I can I can. Boost I don't them. think it would matter. You think it, you think it could? I, I think it would still not sound great, but we could get it a little bit louder, I think. 5808 says, is Patty in the bathroom at a Chili's in this interview? <laughs> Keep in mind, these are press conference settings. Typically, these press conferences would be outside, so it makes it a little bit more challenging. But, yes, it is hard to hear. So, you know what I'll do? I just won't play it in the future. How's that, Mike from Ardmore? How's that, 5808? We just won't even play it. No more no more post-game sound. You want to complain some more? You know what? No more OU talk either. Uh, so, in all reality last night, Josh, Miami went in there and ripped the heart out of Boston. I mean, Boston couldn't have played much better in the first half of that game. They had a lot of things, not a lot of things going for them. Yeah, Bill Simmons making victory laps at halftime. And now I wake up this morning and the big debate is is Jimmy Butler the closest thing we have to Kobe Bryant? <laughs> oh my gosh. Unfreaking believable. I'll tell you what though. You I did we say this on the air or off? That whole idea that Eric Spolstra can't coach without LeBron James, that's kind of being pushed to the side now, isn't it? No doubt. No doubt. It's been uh, these last couple of runs. I mean, the the bubble run to the finals and then this one right here, if they get there and perhaps win it, 
Spolstra is one of the elite coaches in the league. He's proven that. And Jimmy Butler, this uh, this move to Miami, he's really shined over the last however many years. Philly just looks ridiculous for not still having him there. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Comparing him to Kobe and this and that. He's been marvelous, though. He's been magical throughout this playoff run. You know what's kind of funny? I think I was in that group that after the way things ended for him in Minnesota and Chicago, it's kind of like, man, is he a good teammate? You know, is he really that dude? And – since he's gone to Miami, the four seasons he's been there, bro, he's been – he has been that guy. He has been that guy. Um, I think even if I'm Chicago, I'm kind of kicking myself for not – wasn't that the, the he versus Tom Thibodeau fight and he actually won out? Isn't that it? I think it is. I think they kept, they kept Tibbs and moved on from him, and then that's when things really got ugly in Minnesota. I mean, really ugly in Minnesota. <laughs> That's where basically he got in trouble. Oh, no, the Tibbs was in Minnesota. That's right. My bad, my bad. Tibbs was in Minnesota when they brought him there and literally got him fired <laughs> because he couldn't play for him anymore after playing for him in Chicago. Go figure. All right, um, tonight you get Lakers and Nuggets, game two in that series. I'm kind of proud of ESPN because this morning while it's been up, I haven't seen the is this a must win for the Lakers tonight. All right, big story number one, Josh. Number one. Number one. Number one. It's here. It's Bedlam tonight. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. You heard from Skip Johnson. He was on with Toby earlier today. If you missed it, it's available on the podcast. Simply search KREF, however you consume podcasts. When we come back, what is Josh Holiday? Think about the Sooners. As Bedlam is back in Norman, it's Oklahoma. Oklahoma State, big series for the Sooners. We'll give you the implications next right here on The Ref. I never meant to be so bad to you. One thing I said that funny. I would um, never do. <laughs> I, uh, I'm getting torched for not knowing. Let's see here. Who's the, who's the dude's name? Thigala. Sahith Thigala. Listen, I want to remind you guys. I'm not the host of the Gimme Zone. I play golf. I like golf. I watch major golf championships. That's it. Aaron writes, come on, bro. If you don't know who Thigala is, you shouldn't even bring up golf on the show. I like golf. All right, Aaron, that's it. We're never talking golf again. That's it. No updates. Uh, Every time golf is brought up on this radio program, we'll remind you that the Gimme Zone is coming up tomorrow morning on 10 a.m. And then, listen, here's the other thing. Uh, he was on full swing. How do you people have time to watch all these shows? Well, I mean, what the hell, man? I I get home, and I'm immediately forced into some sort of kid's homework duty. <laughs> Thankfully, it's over now. Or, you know, a second or third job. I'm not sitting there with my feet up going, ah, what other Netflix series should I watch? You know, and in fact, I'm still trying to watch season three of Stranger Things. I finally, yesterday, I brought up that, hey, I finally got a chance to watch uh, Sins of Our Mother, and immediately after bringing it up, Connor turned it back to sports. So I I want your free time, and I'll watch all these things. just doesn't happen. I'll watch it when you're on the road, when you're flying. Are you kidding me? I'm worried about that plane going down, man. I don't have time to watch or listen to anything. I expect you to have many things done by the time we reconvene <laughs> for next football season. I know you're busy, you know, until Oklahoma wins another national championship right. here in softball, but uh, 
I'm going to compile the Plank Needs to Watch. There's a lot of things I need to watch. I'll be the first one to admit it. But because uh, because of at Aaron Lee 918, there will be no more golf talk on the program from here on out because I didn't know who Sahithi Thigala was because I haven't watched Full Swing because he's always near the top of every major leaderboard, right? Yes. I have seen him. Sahith normally is. That's correct. I have it. He's like, well, don't you know anything about him? Like, was he in the race for the Masters? No. Where was he when the we, we play the Open Championship? Where's he going? I mean, nowhere. When? Then I'll know who you are. It's like, I even had to look up who Keegan Bradley. No, I'm just kidding. I just happened to look up, and Bradley made his putt at three under. How's your boy Rory McIlroy doing right now, Josh? Uh, not well. He is three over. Another terrible start in a major. Rory McIlroy. Stop me if you've heard that before. All right, so tonight is Bedlam, and weather looks good for Bedlam baseball as Oklahoma will square off against Oklahoma State as if you needed me to ex- explain what, what Bedlam meant. First pitch tonight, and we'll have it for you on our flagship here in Norman, 1400, and the ref 99.3 FM is at 6.30 p.m. So um, Toby and Chad will be on the air at 6 p.m., With I think. Is that right? I believe so, with 6 p.m. with the pregame show. And uh, T-Row talked to Josh Holiday about, hey, what do you make of this Oklahoma Sooner team? You've seen them earlier this year. What stands out to you about the Sooners? A good ball club, no doubt. Um, tremendous amount of respect for the, you know, for their, their talent and their coaching staff, for sure. And uh, these games are always a lot of fun, Toby. You know, this is a series that I think brings out the best in both sides. And uh, our guys certainly enjoy uh, the attention that Bedlam baseball brings where college baseball kind of becomes the king for a few days, if you will, right? It's uh, mm-hmm. a chance to be watched and celebrated by everybody that has an interest in both schools, so that's fun. We enjoy the on-campus part of this. You know, we got to come down to Norman last night and practice at uh, Mitchell Park, and uh feels like a more traditional Big 12 weekend where we're playing uh, on the road in somebody's ballpark. So, um, I like that dynamic for, for the college side of this thing. You know, the, the neutral site fields were always great, but uh, I do like the way this feels. Um, we played earlier in the year in Stillwater, midweek game, but, but I think these weekend games have a different feel to them. You know, you're lining up in your more weekend type rotation. Uh, it's not a game you're just trying to get through in between weekends. It's, these are the games that guys can really zero in on. So, um, I know they got some really good athletes, a lot of kids back from last year that, very good ball players on a winning team, and I'm sure they'll be ready to, to get after it. So, uh, good baseball team. They're playing good as of late, and, and I hope they're part of a, a big chunk of Big 12 teams that uh, are recognized and, and part of the postseason mix. Yesterday's D1 baseball breakdown had seven teams from the Big 12 making it into the big dance. So, they basically had everybody in. But I feel like this weekend's going to be huge. Toby put this up on Twitter at T-Row-O-U a little bit earlier today. And um, I find it fascinating just how tight everything truly is in the Big 12 for baseball. Because, you know, Oklahoma's very much on the bubble right now. But as far as RPI is concerned, they should put them – they should be in a much better situation than, say, hypothetically, uh, a Kansas State is, right? Quad one wins. They should be – in a much better situation than, say, even a, a Texas Tech is right now. In RPI, the Sooners 
have the fourth-best RPI in the Big 12 right now. West Virginia, 16. OSU is 22. Texas is 30. And OU is right there at 35. Um, We mentioned quad one wins. They have the second-most quad one wins in the Big 12, only behind West Virginia. And they have the most difficult strength of schedule in both the conference and the non-conference and have the third-most road wins, surprisingly, behind Kansas State at number two and West Virginia at one. But, Josh, you just kind of feel like this comes down to winning games this weekend. I know that sounds so simple and maybe even old school, but just winning games is all that matters. Take this series, and I think you're in great shape. Yep. And, and you know, you, you don't want to live that way, but if you get one, you know, then all of a sudden you get a couple in the Big 12 tournament, and I think I think you'd be all right that route too. But win this series, and you've got a much, much better argument because guess what? Easy to point to all these different RPI metrics and strength of schedule and who you beat in this quadrant and that quadrant, but a winning conference record matters, and that would get you that. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, 6.30 tonight. That's the big story of the day. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Bedlam Baseball. We'll be talking about it a lot leading up to the pregame show at 6 o'clock. Again, if you, if, you don't, if you don't live in Norman and you're outside in OKC or you're in the Tulsa market, you can download the KREF app and it is available right there with T-Row on the call tonight. 6.30 first pitch, 6 o'clock pregame show on the Sooner Radio Network. We'll put a wrap with the best of the text line next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Um, Josh, I have a story for you. <laughs> this is from the Journal Inquirer. It just dropped moments ago. Headline, for what seems like the umpteenth time since Miami Boston College and Virginia Tech bolted the Big East for the ACC 21 years ago, UConn is yet again being linked to conference realignment, and yet again, it's in the Big 12. In a story posted Monday, Sports Illustrated's Ross Dellinger reported Brett Yormark has UConn on a list of possibilities as the league tries to remain relevant. The report sparked a day-long debate on UConn Twitter. The other one, they go back and forth on the sides, but the move from the ACC back to the Big East and reunions with longtime rivals Providence and St. John's re-energized the fan base and revitalized the men's basketball program, helping put Danny Hurley and the team on a path back towards relevance in a national championship. On a Yahoo Sports podcast, Dan Wetzel and Pat Forty said UConn's annual TV revenue could joy- go from $5 million a year to $35 million a year if they jump. Now, again, these numbers are becoming very astronomically insane whenever it comes to what the Big 12 is getting credit for. But it's getting a little bit more juice today after it was kind of a side story in the um, in the Ross Dellinger article. What would you make of UConn to the Big 12? About what we made of Gonzaga to the Big 12. Clearly – your mark has this vision that they've got they, they've got a power broker the mm-hmm. Big 12 in basketball and they want to con- continue that 
They, they want to bring in UConn. They want to bring in Gonzaga. And they want to turn basically the Big 12 into, yeah, what the, the old school Big East was or the ACC. Mm-hmm. They want this to be the power basketball conference. It's the first time where I've seen one of these potential moves from the Big 12, and I'm like, all right, let's go. Feeling good. Feeling good. I'm okay then. There were parts and times where I'm kind of like had a little FOMO. It's like, oh, man, they're going to have a concert series around a game. This is cool. Then all of a sudden it's like, UConn. All right, I'm good. (laughs) Uh, A couple of quick text lines. Shark is all fired up this morning. He says, how normal will this answer be? We got to get lined up better, have to tackle better, give credit to them. They are as good as we thought they were. We will look at a few adjustments at halftime. We have to play better in the second half. There will be a lot of that. Yes. Now, again, but now for those of you late to the show, late to the show, a little context, Shark is not making fun of any coach in particular, but just this report that the Big 12 is offering up expanded access for its TV partners and more in-game coaches' interviews. Yeah, we just got to firm things up injury-wise. All right, injury-wise. This is good from Brenton Jinx. Brenton writes, sure, there's some gamesmanship involved in reporting injuries, but it's also for the athlete's privacy and HIPAA rights. I don't see anything wrong with protecting the athlete's privacies. Well, it's not going to last forever. You can't have it both. You can't protect the privacy of athletes and have the legally ga- uh, the, the relationships that you have with uh, sports gambling entities. You just can't. Because there's too much at risk. Uh, and then there's this from 5809. Why can't OU get a top five pitcher or a top five overall player in the nation? What is this travesty? Is this a Patty Casso problem? <laughs> That's sarcasm. I still don't know how they don't have a top three player for player of the year, but here we are. All right, Steelman's here at Cavens. He's ready to roll. We'll get out of his way. We'll be live from Riverwind tomorrow. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody.